millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Raw Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back ahead of the first leg of the semi-finals of the championship playoffs this season. Delighted to be able to even say that. We we did think that it might have been the last ever preview last week. Uh, but no, we've got a game against Luton to play this weekend. And joining me is Chris. Hey mate. We said we'd be back for a preview. Oh yes, oh yes we did. And it's a big one, isn't it? I mean... How are you feeling? Because I'm I'm a bit nervous already and I'm not normally nervous. I'm normally quite calm and collected and think Sunderland's going to walk it and all the rest of it. But I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this and I don't know why. Maybe, maybe the closer I get to it, maybe the occasion, it'll all... It'll swallow us up a bit and I'll, I'll be full of it maybe after a few pints on the, on Saturday before the game. But at the minute, I'm a bit nervous. Um, I am nervous, but I don't I don't feel the same nerves like I felt last year against Sheffield Wednesday. It's a, it's a different nervous. I'm excited nervous this time. It's more, I'm up for it, but being, but being nervous. Like again, when we were coming up to the Sheffield Wednesday games last year, I mean, I was, I was crapping myself. I mean, I thought, you know, just because... Like I've I've said before, how desperate I was to get out of League One, and it feels different. This semi final feels different. It feels like an excitement. It feels like it's, it's a good thing. Like last year, I just it was just filled with dread. Even though I thought, you know, I was confident we'd do all right because we, are, you know, we were flying and we were on a good run and all that sort of stuff last year. Um, I was just dreading it because you know playoffs are playoffs and what one thing can happen. Whereas this time around, I'm I'm kind of. I've got the outlook thinking it's a win-win situation because I'm I'm not going to be absolutely devastated like I would have been last year, but yeah, I'm excited, nervous. I'd I'd, I'd like us. So you know, you want to go to Wembley. You know, you're in it to win it. You know, so you're going to feel nervous. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. not like not like last season. No, nothing like nothing like last <laughs> season. Different, different feeling. Different. Well, we don't have any pressure on us. Let's yeah. be honest. You know, nobody expected us to get this far. We're here now, and I think. It's interesting when you listen to the players and the manager talk because fans are all saying, you know, we're, we're delighted to be there and, you know, there's very little pressure on us and all the rest of it. And then you listen to Tony Mowbray and he's been very coy and he, he hasn't really put any pressure on his players whatsoever. Maybe behind the scenes, the conversations have been very different because then you hear the likes of Jack Clark and Trey Hume recently doing interviews where they've talked about how uh, the players set themselves a target at the start of the season to get this far. And I think Clark even said something along the lines of that he was a little bit disappointed we we left it as late as we did. 
to get into the playoffs. So maybe behind the scenes, the conversations are a little bit different and the pressure is a little bit more intense, I guess. But for me, it's just it's just one of those things that you've got to relish. Not as a not just as a club, as a player, if you're one of the players or the manager, but as a fan, you've got to relish this as an occasion because not many teams get to even experience this. We've we've got to do it twice now. The last, in fact, more than that, we 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 actually made the playoffs a number of times in League One, so we're quite used to this feeling. And I've made this point repeatedly in the last few weeks. We won this, all right, it was a league below, but we won we won a playoff like a year ago. Most of these players were here then. They've been through this range of emotions. They've been through having to prepare for it. They've actually been through winning, winning in the semi-finals, winning in the final. Last year, obviously, when we played Sheffield Wednesday. The games worked out the same sort of way. We were we were at the stadium live first, then we were away at Hillsborough in the second leg, and this time around we're at home first and we're away, and it just seems to suit us that way. I think because we're a better away team, so like yes, very nervous, sort of worrying about maybe like you know things not going well on Saturday and that really putting a dampener on things going into Tuesday. But I, to be honest, I've got nothing to worry about really when I think about it because like these lads have just got everything about them that they're such a good team and I, and I think we're going to give a good account of ourselves whether we whether we go through or not so really there's nothing to be nervous about we should just be excited and hopeful well yeah yeah like, like I said it's, I, I can't tell if it's more excitement or, or the nerves are kicking in but it, I am up for it I'm more than like I said I was I was partly dreading last year but it was interesting that comment from Clark that you mentioned there that gave a little insight to how the players have been approaching this. I think the club probably have told them to, or at least Mowbray might have told them not to use the the P word, the playoffs or promotion. <laughs> Mow, they've been following Mowbray's lead and playing it down and just saying game by game, which which you know the best way to be in in situations like this. But um, it it was interesting where Clark let it slip, where he's almost like, yeah, the lads have been talking about it, and we'll be, you know, <laughs> and and it was great though because you know we've talked about some of the games where we were disappointed to come out with a draw, or you know th- those two away games that we talked about in February that we were disappointed that we didn't pick up any points there, and it, it gave a little insight that the players were disappointed as well, and that they're thinking that actually we could have done better this season and they've got similar frustrations to us in, that we've had in some of the games even though we know they've done fantastic and for any lucky soul who read the editorial that went out this week and I noticed your comment straight off the bat that said it was a bit late but I'm not apologising for that <laughs> but if, if anyone read that I mean I tried to put it in, into perspective just that achievement of finishing in the top six where only two sides since the playoff started in 1986-87 have finished in the top six in the season after going up from the third tier through the playoffs. And that was, you know... Neil, who, was, who was the other side? It was Neil Warnock's Notts County 91, then Man City yeah. in, in 2000. And again, I was I was looking, I, I looked back, you know, the 36 years since the playoffs began, which made us feel old. <laughs> the average position in the second tier after a team's come up from the playoffs is 16th. And in only 11 out of those 36 years, has sides finished above 12th. So I mean you, you, that that kind of puts it into perspective, and then when yeah. you when you then throw into the mix that actually it's a massive achievement that only two clubs have done before in the last thirty six years, but the players are disappointed <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> that we're waiting to the last day. I mean it, it tells you it tells you how hugely impressive this team's been this season, but also the the mentality behind the scenes that they think they think we can do even better. Yeah, and and they've all got designs on. 
on being Premier League footballers and they want to do it here, you know. You can see from the just from everything, all of the interactions you see between the players in the behind the scenes videos that we're looking lucky enough to see, the interviews after games, the way they celebrate on the pitch together. Like this group really do enjoy being around each other. There's no egos, there's no individuals, everyone's in check, everyone knows their place. And it's a it's a really happy camp. Really happy camp. They're all good mates. You've got the the French boys who obviously they naturally group together, but they are fully integrated and they're in with the other players. And you're watching Ekwan, Bar, and Ahmad getting in amongst it with the rest of them because this is a proper squad. This is how a squad should function. And I imagine that for the majority of those players, they they want to do this with Sunderland. They don't they don't really want to have to come the end of the season if their natural path is sort of into the Premier League. They don't really want to have to leave because they quite like it here. Yeah, they quite like the football we play and the lads they play with, and you know the ambition of the club and the. It, 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 I mean, we we've went over this and over this and over this, but what a lot of people refer to as the plan or the philosophy, or we don't really know what it is, but we can sort of guess what it is, and it all feeds into that. You know, the, a lot of these lads will have been told when they signed for Sunderland, we want to get promoted, we want you to be part of it, and obviously, yeah, we're probably reaching. We're probably exceeding expectations at this point. But for the likes of Jack Clark, he was a Premier League footballer up until the summer, you know, maybe not playing games for Tottenham, but he was part of Tottenham's squad. And he's not going to want to be out of that league for too long. And he's improved enough to, to warrant to be called a player who could potentially play at that level. So why wouldn't they be ambitious? Why wouldn't they believe in themselves to do it? Because... For me, if you play in a squad who plays the way we do, every day must be just a dream to be a footballer. And that positivity is unrelenting. And me and you, before we started, actually, we looked at a couple of things and we both didn't realise that Luton are unbeaten in 14 games. But that genuinely doesn't daunt me and I don't think it'll daunt the players particularly. I think they'll look at that and they'll think, it's just another game against another team and we have to just do what we are good at. We can't worry about looting too much. We're just going to have to go out there, do what Sunderland do, play good football, attack, score goals, and we'll be fine. And to me, it's just the best approach to take because if we just sit and go, oh God, looting are physical and they're bigger than, than we are and they're good at time-wasting and they're, they're very well up, then you, you're just going to end up diverting from the plan, aren't you? You're just going to end up doing the complete opposite of what you're good at. Mm. And that what we're good at got us to this point. So, you know, if you're the players at Tony Mowbray, you sort of just got to throw your hands in the air and go, we're just going to do what Sunderland do every week. And if it's not good enough, then we'll sit down in the summer and still be happy with where we are. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, just to touch on that, you mentioned that team unity. I mean, it's only a small moment, but in the celebrations, because, you know, a great moment, you know, you saw Ahmad, I thought there was a great moment when the final whistle went and there was a camera on Ahmad and Lyndon Gooch on the bench and Ahmad was kind of standing up and he just put his arms in the air. And I think I think he was desperate as anyone else to, to play another game for us, to be honest. I think he's just... <laughs> and, and you're right, you talked about Jack Clark and, and people like Ahmad, that the, the football they're playing and the freedom that they're playing with. They, you know, if someone turned around to them and said, right, lads, you've got another 37 games, they'd be like, yeah, brilliant. Bring it on. Fantastic. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. in, in all of the celebrations talking about that team, you, there, was a, there was a couple of moments that kind of stood out which were probably went under the radar but to me it was a good signal of 
you know, as much as you see it in the big moments, like Luke O'Nine running over the fans and Ahmad standing in front of the fans, I saw Isaac Lihaji, who has been on the bench quite a lot recently and, and hasn't had a minute on the pitch, but was right involved in the celebrations and all the lads were involved in him. And, and I saw Corey Evans as well. So, you know, you talked about injured players travelling with the team and kind of getting involved and, you know, shouting into the camera. You know, he was kind of, he was buzzing and... But, you know, players like that who aren't necessarily involved, they're there and they're involved and the other players are, are celebrating with them. But, yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned Luton and the, and the stats. I mean, they, they are worth looking at. I mean, don't get us wrong. Look, the, the playoffs are the playoffs and they're, they're a slightly different beast to, to you know, than, than just playing them in a in a normal kind of standard league season. And there's different pressures behind it. But, you know, we did start looking at it. And, you know, in the last seven, they've won, won five, drew two. They're, they're beaten in 12 games away from home. They haven't been beaten since 10th of December. They've At home, they've lost one in the last 10, and that was Burnley back in, in February. Um, they were beaten in the last 14. The other one I was looking at was away from home. They've got the best defensive record in the division, only conceded 18 and 23, and 48% of their games away from home they've kept a clean sheet. So, I mean, look, mm. they're worth looking at and the stats team at Sunderland are going to be looking at things like that and they're going to be looking at the defensive record and where they've conceded goals and all the breakdown of that as well. But again, coming back to us, which we keep bringing it back to all the time, like our players will, you know, even if they're aware of those stats or not aware of those stats, they know that Luton are a good side. But we went up against them twice this season and. They're an ugly side. They're an organised side, but they're, they're nothing special. You know, if we no. turn it on and we play football around them, we, you know, just like anybody else in this division, on our day, we can beat them. And that's what the players are going to be going into this game with, just like they did at West Brom, just like they did at Preston, just like they did at Burnley and, and Norwich. And you could probably rattle a whole load of other games off this season. You heard Jack Clark talking. They know they can beat anybody. And that's the mentality they're going to go into these games with. Quick pop quiz, and I'm hoping you haven't looked this up, Ooh. but do you remember the last time we were beaten by Luton in a league game? Oh. Right up your era, by the way. So I'm expecting you to know this. I think I looked at this the last time I did the preview. Isn't it like 93 or something like that? Close, 94. 94. 94. We lost 3-0 away at Kenilworth Road. Mick Buxton was the manager. David Pleat was the Luton Town manager. <laughs> And you'll never guess who the son, the ex Sunderland player was on the bench that day. Your new sub. You'll never guess it. For Luton? Yeah. In 94? I would never have guessed this until I just looked it up. Oh, Luton in 94. Uh, you're going to have to give you a up. clue. You're going to have to. Oh, go on then. I'll give you a clue. We signed them from Ipswich. Uh, you're going to have to pause out my misery. I'm going to kick myself. Kelvin Davis. Oh, really? Sub goalkeeper for Luton that day. Yeah, there you go. never even knew he played for them. But there you go. Yeah, we uh, we got battered three 0 That's the last time that Sunderland lost in a league game against Luton. We did actually lose three 0 to them when Roy Keane was manager in the League Cup in two thousand and seven. That's the last time we we lost. Last time we beat them was the five 0 under Roy Keane final game of the season when we won the championship. And I was at that game, and it was unbelievable. And probably one of the best memories I'll ever, ever have of being at a Sunderland game because if if uh, anyone listening remembers, you, you actually had to be invited to that game, which was 
which was a bit of an honour at the time. We I think we played Colchester a few weeks before as well, and that was invite only. Um, but Kenilworth Road is tiny and small. I think we've had similar problems this time around, albeit with modern ticketing, where I think you had to have 100 loyalty points to even qualify to apply for tickets. So, um, yeah, Kenilworth Road, tiny little ground and a place where not many teams have gone and taken points this season, you know, and people take the piss out of Kenilworth Road. I've, I've probably done oh, it, you know, because when I went... Quite rightly. When, yeah, I think I had to walk through someone's backyard <laughs> to get into the away end, and it's probably never changed. So, But they make the most of it, don't they? You know what I mean? You know, they this is a this is a club who, what, 10 years ago were playing in the, the conference, the National League, yeah. something like that. And they've, you know, th- this is a club who've done... They've overachieved, really, and where they are now... They should be really proud of where they are because to even be in the conversation about playing the Premier League for a club like Luton is massive, really. So, you know, credit to them. Credit to them. I mean, Kenilworth Road's not, not going to be easy for us, is it? I think that's the... that We talked about our away record and we've got to get over this first home first, of course, at, at Stadium of Light. But what do you think about the order of the, of the games? Because traditionally, it's meant to favour the team who finished third, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and looking again, looking at the stats, that you know both sides are actually have been better away from home this season. I wonder if Luton had been given the choice, they might have actually switched it. <laughs> they, they might, they Possibly. might have want, yeah. they might have wanted to play the game at home. But just going back to that five nil actually, because um, Luton got relegated that day, and then after that they they kind of dropped through the leagues because like three years later they were in the conference, yeah. which was which was bizarre. But uh, but anyway, that yeah, Kenilworth Road is is ridiculous. We saw when we played them in the one one earlier this season that um, you know it's a tight ground, and I remember the first. It might be in the first twenty minutes of that game, they just tried to smash into us as much as possible, and it was just physical. Every fifty-fifty tackle, they were just kind of smashing into us. They were going over the top, but that's Luton, and and you've got a you, fair play. I mean, you play with what you've got, and that's the squad they've got. I saw a stat as well the other day talking about players under under the age of uh, twenty-two. How many minutes they've played in the championship this season? And I think Luton was something like second bottom or something like that. I'm pretty sure we had mm. like. You know, something ridiculous. Like we had twenty seven thousand, and they had three thousand, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, that that sums them up. They're experienced. The the tough. They're physical, and that's it. We've we've just got to play our football, and we've got to play around them. But but we've got to we've got to be aware of you know things like especially set pieces. That's going to be where Luton are going to focus that type of thing. You know, corners. They're going to get the ball wide, get it in the box for for two big men, um, and we've we've got to be aware of that. So we've got to be we've got to be on the ball on that front but again get the ball down get the ball to our front men and and you know hopefully they can do the damage like they did at the weekend yeah they, they've had a, a sort of a break I would, i'm only calling it a break because when they played hull on monday they just rested everybody who is likely to be valuable in that in that game again so so not everybody but a lot of the players who are going to be valuable so they've had a little bit of a break we haven't i don't know if that matters really because i think you know one of the benefits of us having so many injuries is that we've had a smaller group to pick from and that cohesiveness has developed over the season. And even though, yeah, we only played a few days back, there's a lot of momentum there with, with how but, we played. You know, I would, you, wouldn't you prefer to have that group of players together? Well, I was going to say, do you think that's a good thing? Because I actually think if players step out for a week, can they just turn it on? You know, sometimes... They want to just keep that momentum up and keep the players doing what mm. they're doing and keep them in their rhythm. But if you take them all yeah. out and they've had a break of a couple of weeks, do you not think that has the potential to knock them out of their stride a little bit? 
Well, possibly, yeah. I mean, if you look at their recent form, they drew with Millwall. Hmm. Then they beat Blackpool and Rotherham, which you would expect them to do. Then they drew with Redden, and Redden played most of the second half with 10 men and were ahead. It was only the 80th minute when they got that, that equaliser, Luton. So, and Redden got relegated. And then they went they went to Middlesbrough, they played Middlesbrough and beat Middlesbrough, which is a cracking result. But I think, to be fair, by the time that game came around, Burrard sort of checked out because they already knew they were in the playoffs. And a bit like Luton sort of took their eye off the ball for a couple of games. Drew with Blackburn and were winning in that game up until the last few minutes. And then Blackburn got the equaliser, which ended up being a good result for us because it kept Blackburn hungry for that final game and and like I say they, they drop players for the whole game and I guess mentally they're trying to prepare themselves for two grueling games it's going to be you know pretty tasking on them they've got to come all the way up here on Saturday and then they've got to go back down for the Tuesday game so there's a quick turnaround and there's a lot of distance to be covered and stuff in terms of travel and all the rest of it but I, I, I don't know what I would probably have to probably have to cop out on that a little bit and say I don't really know because I don't know Luton enough but I think if I, if it was us, if it was Sunderland, I would prefer the players to keep playing together to keep because just knowing our squad, and I, like I said, I don't know their squad a great deal, but knowing our squad, I think a lot of the good play we've had this season has come as a result of the understanding that they've gained from each other and they're sharp and they're on it and, and it's all to do with just playing together every single week, sometimes twice a week. So... So no, it might be different for Luton. They they dropped the top scorer, didn't they, for the whole game, Carlton Morris, and we know what he can do. Interesting as well, just looking at the team from that day, Leon Diakou started, Bailey Wright started. Very different looking Sunderland team to the one that played there earlier in the season. But more recently, of course, we played them at the Stadium of Light, uh, drew one all. It wasn't a great game, was it? I remember me and you talking after that <laughs> about the just the quality of it. it to me, it was two poor teams on the day. Didn't think much of Luton at all. So I was expecting quite a lot of them going into the game. And I just thought they were very meh. Like, I thought we were we were just rubbish. If we'd played well on the day, we probably would have beat them. And it wasn't because they were particularly organised or that, you know, I didn't feel like they, they really did anything particularly great to stop us. They were just, I guess, solid, but... Mm. On the day, you know, I was a bit like, you know, they were there for the taking, really. So, but you've you've just summed Luton up. All all they did, all <laughs> but that's what they do. All they're not spectacular in any way, except when they're under pressure or when the opposition's got the ball. They put players in the way, and that's it. They just they, mm. they know where they need to be when the opposition's got the ball, and they've got that kind of muscle memory to to just get into position. And to make it difficult and just be a pain in the backside. And the word, I mean, that day at the Stadium of Light, back in when was it March, late March, they they dragged us down to their level, where basically we we struggled because we've struggled quite a lot against teams who just sit in and we can't break them down because especially without a striker who stretches the play and tries to make a run in behind, we line up across the box quite often at home, which I've mentioned before. And we did that against Luton. We were passing it sideways across the box. And when you do that too much, you know, chances are you're going to get caught at some point. But, you know, we needed that penalty in the end. And from memory, it was a bit of an iffy one. 
<laughs> it was 50-50. It was uh, one of them that might not have been given on another day. But yeah, they're, they're that sort of thing. And that's exactly what we're going to mm. expect over the two days. And they, they're just going to try and grind it out over the over the two games. And I mean, fair play. I mean, their away form's good. So they're going to come up to try and nick it at our place. Um, but it's up to us to break them down. And, and they're going to do exactly what they did in March. They're going to come, they're going to pack the box, they're going to get behind the ball and they're going to try and catch us on the break or get a set piece, get a free kick in the hot, you know, midway inside our half and fling it into the box. And and that's what they do. That's that's Luton Town, summed up. Hmm. Uh, Sunderland are unbeaten in their last 18 home games against Luton in all competitions, 1-12 drawn six since last losing 1-0 in September 1973. <laughs> There's a stat, and that people are going to be screaming at me for even mentioning that, because records are there to be broken, of course. But it's not a bad stat, is it? You've you've clearly read my preview from back in March, because I'm sure it was all in there. <laughs> I'm actually reading from Google. This is how much <laughs> this is how much uh, research goes into into what I do. Uh, this is the fourth time Luton have played in the playoffs in their history. And they failed to win promotion from any of the previous three, going out in the semi-finals each time. Most recently, obviously last season. So um, this is our eighth, fourth and last five seasons. Like I say, we've got a lot of recent experience in the squad. At this level, it's our first playoff campaign since, what year, Chris? Playoff? What? As in, spot. what as last in... time we played in the playoffs at this level. Oh, at this level, it was uh, it's McCarthy, wasn't it? When we got, yeah, two thousand and four. Got beat off Palace. When we got beat off Palace. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that was that one stung, didn't it? Jeff Whitley missing his penalty. Only <laughs> Portsmouth have played more games in the football league playoffs without winning a single game than Luton Town. <laughs> They've also lost all three of their away games in the playoffs. So the stats do weigh in our favour. I must say, apart from so, the important one, which is that they're unbeaten in four. Yeah, yeah. So are know. we are we ignoring all of them? And just taking the ones yeah. that you've just said. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, like I say, we're, we're unbeaten in nine. You know, I know that 14 is better than nine, obviously. But a lot of people are saying Sunderland are the team coming into this momentum because Luton obviously ended the season with three draws and a win. You know, so the, they haven't been winning games. We've We've been winning games. Have we got the momentum going into this or not? Kind of. I mean, because <laughs> no, because well, we've got we have got some momentum because of the way we got in the playoffs and and the performance we we put in against Preston, but and and it's a strange one because you look you look on paper and we're unbeaten in what one two three four we're unbeaten in our last five at home, but oh, on the flip side, I still I, st- I kind of think that we need to change it up a little bit on what we do at home. Because I just think at mm. Watford, we struggled against Watford, we struggled against Huddersfield, and we struggled against Birmingham. And and the whole game was just a crazy game. And then it was Luton before that, which they were, they kind of, like I said, dragged us down to their level and we couldn't break them down. But like I said, I, I said last time that I think the last three home games, especially Birmingham, Huddersfield, Watford, were carbon copies of each other. We did the same, we had the same plan. We came out and did the same thing and we huffed and we puffed and we didn't create all of that you know that many chances and even though we we came out of those we got five points from those three games like you know i think at the time we we were kind of fortunate to to come away with those yeah watford Watford late goal huddersfield could have done us and and birmingham we kind of you know we we really struggled against what i thought was a poor birmingham side so at home I'd, i'd like us i'd like us to be a little bit more you know we've talked about how we play away from home now and we really like that 
but we're more patient. And at home, we seem to we seem to want to rush, and we seem to want to get a goal in the first minute. And although that that would be fantastic if we could do that, we seem to commit more players forward than we do away from home, which is natural. But the problem is the way we play. We're highly likely to get caught, and we do get caught on the break. But what I'd like us to do is be more patient and draw draw sides out. You know, like we do away from home, where yeah, even, yeah. even when we get into a good position, we bring the ball back and try and draw some players out and then hit them. We did it a couple of times against mm-hmm. Preston, actually, where where we knocked it right across and Dennis Serkin went just like he did, um, just like he did at West Brom. And if if we do that, try and draw teams out a little bit, because what we do is we we try and pen them in, but then there's no there's no space, and w- the players we've got they need space, you know, they, especially you know in the box around the box, and if we don't draw some players out and then hit them quickly, then we tend to just give the end up giving the ball away or it fizzles out or something like that. So I don't want us to just kind of commit too many players forward and be too eager to, to score early on. I mean, I think if we're patient and wait to get that opening goal, then it's almost like trying to play like we do away from home, but taking some of that into how we play at the stadium alike. And if we can do that, I just think it's got to be better than what we've seen in the last three games. Yeah. And the last, Speaking of the last three games, Dan Neal and Pierre Ekwa have started together in all three of those games. Do you suspect we'll see the same midfield? Because I know he likes Edouard Michou and Neal together at home, but they've started together in the last three. I think given the performances of Ekwa recently, it would be harsh to drop him. But knowing what we know about Luton from the last game, they don't really want to come and play football against you necessarily. They're not that type of team. So who does he go with? Because... He is going to be deliberating what to do, I would think. Even though Ekwa's been so good, does he maybe bring in another ball player somewhere along the lines? Does Pritchard even start? You know, he's he's or does he just go with the team that did so well the other day? Because I mean, how could you not with the way we played? But but again, just to add on to that, because it just came back to us, it was actually the introduction of Pritchard for me, which changed the game in the second half. And then I said that to you on the on the last show we did. So what do we do? And Pritchard's been brilliant lately. You know, I mean, he, he came on even looking at back at the, the last home game against Watford. I mean, he he uh, he came on 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 the hour, and um, you know, we scored two goals. <laughs> we scored two goals while he was on the pitch. So I mean, yeah. and, and he scored that goal when you know the uh, against Preston as well. So I mean, he's he's been brilliant lately. But but I like I like the impact he's having from the bench, and and we talked about the potentially you know of Roberts being on the bench for the for the Preston game. I just think you know if you if you're the manager having conversations with Pritchard at the minute, you'd you'd want to emphasise how good he's been in changing games from the bench. So I'd prefer him to keep having that impact if if we're in a position that we need it. The chances are, if you start him, he doesn't necessarily have that impact from from the start. So I'd I'd prefer to keep Pritchard where he is. With Equa, I'd be amazed if he went with uh, Mishu against uh, against Luton. I mean, I I think. Just what I was talking about there about committing too many players forward, I think Ek was really good in not doing that. I think he allows he gives Dan Neal a little bit more freedom, and I think Ek was Ek was very good at picking. You know, you saw how many times against Preston he won the ball in our own half and started a counter attack, and I think a couple of goals mm-hmm. came from it that when he did that, and he he likes to drive with the ball quickly and get us forward quickly, and the way Luton dig in and keep their positions. 
if if we can win the ball off them while they're on the attack and they've committed a few players forward, then that gives us, I think, more of a chance of, of catching them on the break and actually getting something out of it rather than doing it while they're in positions and they know what they're doing and, you know, they're getting in their trenches on the edge of the box. So, I'd like I said, I'd, I'd be amazed if he went with Mishu. I think, you know, if, let's say, we do go behind and we're looking for a goal, it might not be a bad thing to bring Mishu on as a ball player to try and produce something and create something um, in the same way as Pritchard. But, again, as much as at home, the natural instinct is to be going out to win the game, I think from, from our point of view, looking at our away form and how confident we are there, I think from my point of view, the most important thing for us at, at home is not to concede. Yeah, Tim Robinson is the referee, if you didn't already know. Um, Wembley I think he referee, most recent... No, no, oh, that's the one next it, week. The referee in the away leg is the guy from from Wembley. His name is, and I'm going to draw this out while I scroll down this page, <laughs> Simon Hooper who is a Premier League ref now. He's done 26 games in the Prem. But yeah, Tim Robinson is the is the referee and most recently refereed their game between, which they drew with Red and the one I talked about before, where Andy Carroll got sent off. So don't think his name springs to mind particularly. I'm just looking, we've achieved, he's, he's actually refereed Sunderland more than any other club this season. And our points per game in that time is 1.4. Luton's, however, he's taken four games, uh, sorry, three games for Luton this season. They've got 2.3 points per game. Means absolutely nothing, really, other than that. In those three games, Luton did quite well, I suppose. Um, But yeah, I mean, other than that, really, it's all on us. As we've said repeatedly, I think I've had gripes about referees in recent weeks. I had gripes about the referee the other day, you know. But I, I try not to focus too much on that. Although it does feel like a good omen, doesn't it, that the guy who was in the middle for the playoff final takes the second game. I'll take anything. Anything I can get. Yeah, I'll take I'll take any omen. I'm going to be wearing my lucky kegs, my lucky socks, my lucky everything <laughs> on Saturday. Um, quickly before we go then, predictions. How do you see this one playing out? Well, that's it. I mean, I, I was gonna I was going to kind of ask you quickly, if you were Tony Mowbray, would you be that desperate to win on Saturday? And don't nah, get us wrong. Nah, don't get us wrong. Nah. We want we want to win, but like like I said before, I think if we get a clean sheet at home, I think we'll come out and win win the tie overall. Do you know what? Do you know what it is though? I don't think we know how to play for a clean sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but this is what I'm saying. Like if if we change up slightly how we play at home, and rather than a bit gung ho and try, you know, that we're desperate, we think we should walk over teams at home. I think if we're mm-hmm. a bit if we're a bit more patient. You know, just keep the ball, frustrate Luton, because Luton have got a good record. They'll come up here with their away record. They'll come up here thinking they can they can take a lead into the the game at Kenilworth Road. So if we frustrate them a little bit, keep the ball, draw like I said, draw them out, kind of you know wait until their concentration drops, and try and pick them off that way rather than kind of just you know press and press and press. Then I think we might have more joy than than we've had in the last the last three home games. But I I think the emphasis is on not conceding, and and I think everything else will kind of look after itself. And and I know we we've got goals in us, but for that reason, where I think I think Mowbray is going to play this slightly differently, because like I said, I don't think we'll I'm not sure we'll get away with it if we play like we have in the last three home games. I'm going to go for nil nil on Saturday, and then we'll do them at their place. 
I, I was going to say one all. Just looking at their the other one all Luton. So looking at their results, and we've drew with them one all twice this season already as well. I think actually the last four games between us and Luton have been one all draws, haven't they? I mean that means absolutely nothing what's happened before now. All, all, all I think is is that in this game. Like I said before, I agree with you. It would be nice if we could just change slightly, but I don't think we've got it in us. And I think he's just gonna he's gonna tell them to go out there and do what we're good at. It's a lot about what we do and what we do when we've got the ball. And and sort of to bounce off your your question before, I don't think Tony Mowbray is gonna be particularly bothered about winning this one because he knows how good we are away from home. I think the thing he hangs his hat on more than anything is the fact that we we have goals in us. He he has said it repeatedly for weeks now. He comes out after a game and says, I told the lads you're going to score. told the lads you're going to score at some point. You will score at some point. They've got that belief in them that they're going to score a goal. And that's where we're dangerous. Is that, And we've shown this against Luton this season, twice actually, is that even when we've not played well against Luton, we've found a way to score. And that's, that's what I'm thinking about. So I don't think we've got a clean sheet in us because I think when, when Luton have got a 20-goal-a-season striker up front... And are such a good threat from set pieces because they are the really good from set pieces. And you think about our weakness from set pieces. Yeah. That's you the know. worry, isn't it? That's the, that's my big worry. Yeah, is that I think we are going to concede at some point. But if I'm walking away from the ground on Saturday and we've only drawn, mm. I'm probably looking at it and thinking that's all right. That because we'll go away from home and we'll do what we've done for weeks now, against and months now even against better teams than Luton. I know, and and I do respect Luton for what they've done. But we went away to to Burnley, and we it was a master plan. And all right, we didn't we didn't win, but we we worked out a way out how to play against a really good team away from home. We don't lose many at home, and in a knockout situation where the pressure's on, and we've had a lot of pressure on in the end towards the end of games in recent weeks. We've done the business. We yeah. haven't we haven't faltered. We've we found a way to get to get points that we've needed. So like, over the two legs, I I, I still think we're going to win across but, the two legs but Saturday is just one step on that on that sort of journey isn't it and you know it's not it's not the end of the world if we don't win it yeah and it, what you've just said has been true in those three games that we haven't played well in at home because we, we haven't we didn't play well in those last three games but we got five points which so mm-hmm. as, as you said even when you know things aren't clicking necessarily as, as much as we'd like at home the lads are still picking up points and we, I mean you talked about pressure as well I mean look the players who were involved in that, which is quite a few of them, that were involved in last season's playoff campaign, if they can go through that, the pressure that the whole club and the whole city put them under to get us back into the championship, if they can come out of that on the other side of that like they did, I mean, this this playoff campaign is going to be an absolute doddle in, in terms of pressure because <laughs> it, it, it'll feel because it doesn't feel like that to us. It won't feel like that to them. The only pressure that's going to come, and I think it, Jack Clark hinted at this, is probably going to come from the players themselves because I think they think that they're good enough to go on and win the playoffs and get us promoted. And I think that I think they're listening to Jack Clark. I genuinely think that they don't think like some of us like fans might. Where I don't think they're surprised or thinking, "Oh yeah, we shouldn't be here" or anything like that. Well, you know, how have we done this? I actually think the players think they should have finished higher. And they'll go into this thinking they should win the playoffs and they'll probably put themselves under pressure. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Chris, thanks for joining us, mate, as always. No bother. Appreciate your time. Uh, We'll be back with a review pod, hopefully talking about 
well, Sun just not losing the game, I suppose, because we want some optimism heading into that second leg. Uh, make sure you catch up with everything on rotereport.sbnation.com, lead up the game in the aftermath of the game, and we'll catch you there. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.